This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eurosat 16A on 11512 MHz vertical polarization azimuth 16 degrees east symbol rate 29950 mega symbols per second standard DVB S2 modulation 8 PSK Audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. Welcome, I'm Mihaela Ignatescu with the news, the headlines. More than 100,000 hectares of agricultural land in Romania are affected by drought. EU energy ministers discuss plans to reduce the Union's dependence on Russian gas and the number of coronavirus infections in Romania is on the rise. The Bucharest government has asked the European Commission's approval to grant an advance of 70 to 85 percent in direct payments for environmental and climate measures from the National Rural Development Programme 2014-2022 to help farmers affected by the drought. Also, the executive wants to grant fruit growers and wine growers, as well as pig and poultry farmers, an aid of 51.6 million euros, of which 25.5 million from European funds and the rest from the national budget. According to data centralized by the Ministry of Agriculture, the drought has so far affected almost 107,000 hectares of agricultural land in 20 counties across Romania. More on this after the news. The EU energy ministers are meeting today to discuss plans to reduce the Union's dependence on Russian gas. The Commission has proposed a voluntary reduction of consumption by 15%, with the possibility of a mandatory regime in case of emergency. However, the plan was opposed by several member countries, which are either less dependent on Russian gas or have sufficient stocks for the winter. That is why the initial proposal was modified so that the energy ministers could approve it today. According to the version seen by the Reuters agency, exemptions from the 15% cap are provided for the gas used in critical industries such as the metallurgical one. Europe is already facing a drop in supplies from Russia, with Gazprom announcing a further reduction in flow through the Nord Stream 1 pipeline. Russia has been accused of using energy as a weapon and the European Commission has warned that a total shutdown of gas supplies is likely. The Romanian Minister of Energy, Virgil Popescu, is in the United States for talks on the development of the civil nuclear program and strengthening the strategic partnership in the field of energy. In a post on Facebook, he writes that he had a very good dialogue in Washington with representatives of the American and Canadian companies that are part of the project that provides for the construction of Units 3 and 4 of the Chernavoda nuclear power plant in southeast Romania. Virgil Popescu also discussed with the representatives of the Nuscale company, which is building the small modular reactor at Doicest in the south. 
Together with the American, Canadian and French partners, we are modernizing and developing nuclear energy in Romania, the Romanian Energy Ministry said. The Minister of Foreign Affairs and expatriates from the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan, Ayman Safadi, is in Romania today at the invitation of the head of Romanian diplomacy, Bogdan Aurescu. The Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan is one of Romania's main partners in the Middle East region, and the meeting of the two dignitaries will focus on the prospects and concrete ways of developing Romanian-Jordanian relations in the main fields of cooperation, namely education, trade, agriculture, medicine, ITNC, cybersecurity and defense. At the same time, means of increasing the volume of commercial exchanges and investments will be discussed, starting from the already existing potential. At the same time, Bogdan Aurescu and his Jordanian counterpart will address the main political issues of common interest, including recent developments in Eastern Europe and the Middle East. Romanians can very easily find out what the emergency numbers in the country and abroad are. Information about European alerts regarding food and not food products, as well as the list of ranked accommodation units and licensed travel agencies. All this through the Infocons application, which can be downloaded on the mobile phone, can call emergency numbers and also provides information on waiting times at the Romanian border crossing points. The application is free and can be used both in the European Union and in non-EU countries. It contains over 2 million products, including the updated list of civil protection shelters in Romania. The number of cases of coronavirus infection is again on the rise in Romania, with 5,000 new cases reported on Monday, three times the figure reported the previous Monday. The same increase has been reported in hospitals. There are some 3,600 hospitalized patients, of whom 204 serious cases in intensive care. Most new cases have been registered in Bucharest and in the counties of Cluj, Constanța, Timiș and Brașov. The national infection rate for a period of 14 days is 2.1 per 1,000 inhabitants. So far, Romanian authorities have not taken any anti-pandemic measures. And that was the news from Bucharest, Radio Romania International. The government of Romania requests assistance from the European Commission to help the farmers affected by the extreme drought. I'm Ana Maria Popescu with more on this in a commentary written by Leila Camil. Crops across Romania have been affected by this year's unprecedented drought, and farmers are beginning to measure their losses, fearing they will not break even this season. The biggest problems are reported in the south and east of the country, where water reserves are dwindling. The farmers in some areas have already asked the local authorities to take the necessary measures to declare a state of disaster in agriculture. In order to support the farmers affected by the drought, Bucharest has asked the European Commission to approve an advance payment accounting for 70 to 85 percent 
of the direct payments under the environment and climate measures in the 2014-2022 National Rural Development Program. The government intends to give 51.6 million euros in aid to fruit and wine growers and to pig and poultry breeders. Of this amount, 25.5 million euros will come from EU funds and the balance from the national budget, the Agriculture Ministry explained. Moreover, investments in local irrigation systems are planned, amounting to 100 million euros under the 2023-2027 National Strategic Plan. According to the data centralized by the institution so far, the drought has so far destroyed the crops on nearly 107,000 hectares in 20 Romanian counties. Because of the drought, the Danube River flow Monday morning reached a minimum of 1,950 cubic meters per second, as against the 2,500 cubic meters per second on average at this time of the year. Hydrologists warned that the river flow would continue to drop this entire week to as little as 1,850 cubic meters per second. For this reason, Dolce County in southern Romania, for instance, is facing an unprecedented situation in the last 70 years. Crops can no longer be irrigated using the Danube's water after the river level dropped 7 centimeters in one day. The head of the Romanian Farmers Association, Daniel Botanoyo, warns that the extreme drought affects this year's crops, but will also have an impact on the next agricultural year, because works cannot be conducted in time and at the required quality standards. He believes that, on the one hand, the irrigation system must be adapted to the new technologies so as to ensure maximum efficiency, and on the other hand, that drought-tolerant plant species should be used. While farmers are struggling with the drought, the news from weather experts is hardly encouraging. This drought is only the beginning. Difficult times are ahead, says the president of the Romanian Meteorological Society, Ion Sando, who urges the authorities to take measures for the forthcoming period. And this wraps up today's newscast on Radio Romania International. Don't forget that you can also follow us online at rri.ro and on Facebook. Next in this program, sports. Welcome to the Athlete of the Week, I'm Ilgen Nastan. The women's clay court tennis tournament in Palermo seems to have been always drawn women tennis players from Romania to take part in it. We should not forget the Romanian women tennis players have many supporters in Sicily, especially among the fellow Romanians who settled there. Also, the Romanians feel quite at home playing on a clay court. We recall that 30 years ago, in 1994 and 1995, another Romanian, Irina Spirle, won the trophy. In 2021, Elena Gabriela Russe was a whisker away from winning, yet she was defeated by US challenger Daniel Collins. In 2022, Irina Begu emerged as the winner of the Palermo tournament as in the final, the Romanian overpowered her opponent, Italy's Lucia Bronzetti. 
reason enough for Radio Romania International to designate Irina the Athlete of the Week. Irina Begu was sixth-seeded in Palermo. Her successful run included a 6-3-4-6-6-3 win against Spain's Marina Basols Rivera, another three-set win against French opponent Océane Dodin, 1-6-6-2-6-4 in the second round, and a more laid-back two-set win against Diane Perry, also from France, 6-1-6-3. Irina Strail in Palermo also includes a 3-6-6-3-6-4 win against the fourth-seeded player, Spain's Sara Soribes Tormo in the semi-finals. It was Irina Begu's most difficult confrontation in the tournament, yet the Romanian braced up and won after more than three hours of play. Irina Begu had no problem securing a two-set win against Italian challenger Lucia Bronzetti, 6-2-6-2. For her exceptional feat in Sicily, Begu received 26,770 euros and 280 WTE points. Irina Camilla Begu was born in Bucharest. She turns 32 in August this year. Her recent win in Palermo only adds to other noteworthy feats and the record. Irina also has four women's singles WT tournaments she won in Tashkent in 2012, in Seoul in 2015, in Florianopolis, the United States in 2016, and in Bucharest in 2017. In the women's doubles, Irina Begu won nine tournaments in her bout in 2012, jointly with Monica Nicolescu, in her Togenbosch in 2013, pairing up with Annabel Medina Garrigues, and in Rio in 2014, jointly with Maria Erigoyen. Also in 2014, in Seoul, Irina emerged as the winner, together with Lara Aruabarena. Then in 2017, jointly with Ralu Kaolaru, she won the tournament in Bucharest. And that's all from Sports Today. You can also access our sports items at rri.o and on Facebook. Time now for Hit of the Day on Radio Romania International. Listen to Eduard Sanda and the song Holiday in Your Heart. Te 
supera Mes la vacanza cum minimata Si atunci cand voi ateriza Destinatia sa fie dragostea Romania. Hello and welcome to Inside Romania. I am Kalin Kotsoy. The first weekend in May saw the opening of the weekend sessions event at the Bucharest Botanical Garden. This green oasis in the Cotrocen area of the capital has a surface of 18.2 hectares and houses over 10,000 species of plants. The Dimitria Brinza Botanical Garden, named after its founder, is organized in specific outdoors sectors with names such as decorative plants, rare plants, Dobroja flora, Rosarium iridarium, taxonomy, Asian flora, and useful plants. The indoor areas have names such as greenhouses, herbarium, the library, the Center for Ecological Education. Over the last few years, new areas have been set up, such as Grandma's Garden with traditional curative plants, the Children's Garden, and the Book Garden. The living plant collections in the botanical garden cover over 3,000 taxonomy categories, while the general herbarium shelters over 300,000 specimens. Also, the botanical museum houses a number of collections. Over 1,500 watercolor paintings depicting spontaneous or cultivated plants in the country, vegetable products, products made or extracted from plants, collections of seeds and fruits, mushroom collections, dioramas, or exhibits with historical value. From May until the autumn, the Botanical Garden is open to visitors who want to enjoy music, poetry, dance, and traditional products. Susanna Roshka is a brand manager with Weekend Sessions. And she told us about this second edition. This is our second year. We started last year with a series of culture picnics, in which we tried to re-establish connections between people, but especially connections with nature, because we are in the University of Bucharest's Botanical Garden, 
each weekend this year, or 15 weekends, starting on May the 7th, for a span of four hours, we will be joined by independent artists, local entrepreneurs, and a lot of visitors, we hope. Susana Roșca told us where the idea originated. The event sprung out of a need to meet once again with friends in an outdoors venue, with a relaxed vacation atmosphere. We now have more activities for the good of the soul and the mind. We will hold a series of workshops, yoga, dancing, and a therapy tent, where people can sit down with a therapist. And since this is a very family-friendly festival, we will have workshops for children and a grove dedicated to them, where they can play freely. We then asked our interlocutor what the feedback was after last year's session. The feedback was great. People were happy to discover the botanical garden, enjoyed relaxed picnics with family and friends, with sections such as classical music, jazz, indie and pop rock, which can be listened to lying in the grass. It is an oasis in the middle of a bustling city, where we can seek the shade of trees, enjoy good food, good music at a decent volume, great conversations, and just being around people. Every weekend, Saturday and Sunday, from 4 to 9 p.m., you can go to the Botanical Garden with tickets purchased on the website weekendsessions.ro. We asked Susana Roșca what the visitors can do during the time spent there. They can sit down anywhere to enjoy the music, can attend a yoga workshop or attend a therapy session. This year, during the 30 days of the festival, we expect to have around 30,000 visitors. This would be about double the number of visitors from last year, because this year we no longer have restrictions. But the number is limited, because we are limited by the 6,000 square meter surface we have available. We don't want any crowding. Visitors are invited to discover small local producers, entrepreneurs that tend with great care to the products they offer, which are of exceptional quality. We want them to sample the products and get to know these small producers, which then have a chance to be contracted by large chain stores. We want to promote them, because the picnic is provided by them. Visitors are invited to bring with them blankets, pillows, long chairs, anything to make them more comfortable. We will also have a small movie theater, weekend sessions under the trees. We will have a selection of movies from our special guests from the French Institute, and we will have documentaries and comedy movies for all ages, ready to be enjoyed on the lawn of the Botanical Garden. All events are free, and visitors only have to pay the regular entrance fee for visiting the garden as usual. You can find out details about the artists and special guests on the website weekendsessions.ro. And after making a reservation online, you receive a confirmation for available seats. This has been Inside Romania. (music) 
This is Radio Romania International. Cultural event. Welcome, I'm Ana Maria Popescu. In July and August this year, in the Romanian capital city, classical trams receive fresh cultural and artistic value thanks to a project called Bucharest Tram, a project implemented by Arcub, the cultural center of Bucharest, and initiated by an association called Art Doesn't Bite. The project offers trips in which urban living blends with art on the reactivated route of tram line number one, by period trams still in possession of the Bucharest Public Transport Service. We talked to Loredana Montano, the initiator of the project and the founder of Art Doesn't Bite Association, about the Bucharest tram and the experience it provides. For five weeks, between July the 23rd and August the 20th, every Saturday between 7 and 9 p.m., five urban-slash-poet round-trips are organized along tram line number one in Bucharest, leaving from Dudesh Depot along Banumanta Boulevard and back, with a program focusing on contemporary poetry, music and the stories of the city. The first edition of the project was in 2019, when we came up with the idea that poetry should be brought closer to the public in their day-to-day trips. At that time, we received funding from the National Cultural Fund Administration. However, for the second edition of the project, we reversed the concept. It is people who come towards poetry with responsibility. They pay a fare and allow themselves to peacefully rediscover the city in which they live from a new perspective. We applied for the Bucharest Reimagined Grants as part of a program organized by Argub, on which occasion the poetry tram was renamed Bucharest Tram, hinting at and promoting the importance of reading, given that 46% of Bucharest's residents say they have never read a book. Only 9% of them read constantly according to the cultural consumption barometer. The project is initiated by Art Doesn't Bite Association and supported and funded by Arcub. The tram is in fact a pretext for us to get together and get closer to poetry, to music and to the history of tram line number one. And I would also mention the story of the Dudesh Depot, of the Obor area, of Asan's Mill, the Colentina Hospital, Globus Circus and the Banumanta area. Contemporary poetry, Q&As with poets, jazz, classical and interwar music all are on offer as part of the project. Loredana Montano told us more. The guest poets include Simona Popescu, the winner of the Observator Cultural Awards for her volume The Book of Plants and Animals, Mrs. Nora Yuga, Anastasia Gavrilovic, Dan Sochu, and our youngest participant, Katalina Stanislav, with a highly acclaimed debut volume. As far as the music segment goes, we will be able to listen to Paolo Profeti on the saxophone, Mihail Grigore on cello, Corina Sergi on guitar and vocals, Mircea Lazar on the violin. And that was Cultural Event. 
Next on Radio Romania International, it's time for a brief music break. Listen to Vizi and a song called Thank You. When I woke up this morning, realized what I had. I grabbed my guitar and get it all the rise that I'm grateful and thankful and also respectful, the best you deserve. Cause you could have just said, Oh, that boy's got some nerve. <laughs> You could have just ignored me, but instead you said I will support me. So many fears and you always had my back And even if I was lost You kept me on the right track You could have just ignored me But instead you said I'm a support Next in this broadcast, it's your music. I'm Cristina Matescu, and today we'll be introducing you to young singer Dominique Simionescu, who has just released her first album. Let's start with a song called Yesterday's Smile. Aș vrea să știu ce este cu tine Inima mea tinde și vrea Să salveze tot ce simți pentru mine Am încercat să te aduc înapoi Dar nu ai rămas lângă mine Sâmbetul de ieri e 
Dominic Simionescu was born in 2001 in Sibiu in central Romania, where she still lives and works as a music teacher and the director of the Hermannstadt Fest International Festival for Children and Youth. Her first album is called I'd Like to Thank You and contains nine tracks. Let's listen to a song from this album called Your Memory. Amintirea nu te mai vrea aici Cerea deschise lași doar urme adânci Și nu mai pot să privesc amuțind Pasul tău grăbit Nici răzăritul nu s-a mai arătat În ochii plângi rămâne cerul pătat Te norirește în sufletul meu Mă apasă greu Am rămas în esfârșit Let's listen next to a new song from Dominic Simionescu's first album called I Will Fly to the Stars.
program we're going to play one more song from Dominique Simeonescu's first album called I'd Like You To Know. Living Romania. Coming up next in the program. New names on the cover. Welcome to a new edition in our new names on the cover series. I'm Eugen Nasta. Today's guest is indeed very special. Architect Vlad Mitrik Chupe is the editor of a volume that has recently been brought out by Vrema Publishers' Facts, Ideas, Documents collection. The book is titled Architect Jon Kapshunanu, Accomplishment and Predicament. Architects are a self-contained category, a self-contained order in terms of profession. I first wanted to find out from Vlad Mitrik Chupe why it was so important for him as a professional architect 
to expose the predicament of architect Ion Capșunanu in the early, harrowing years of communism in Romania. Vladimitric Ciupe. For almost 15 years, I have been researching the subject of politically imprisoned architects in communist Romania. I have uncovered and documented over 200 cases, which, in my opinion, is a terrible percentage, considering that in Romania in the 50s there were just over 1,000 architects. The sample I have focused on can be divided in several ways, according to several criteria. We have men and women, several ethnicities, of course all Romanian citizens, but of Italian, German, Jewish or Hungarian descent and so on. An interesting point was that of post-concentration destiny, as uh, some were able to return to architectural practice with more or less important achievements, others were completely sidelined or even voluntarily abandoned the profession, taking refuge in related fields such as painting, scenography or others. From a political point of view, the convicted architects cover the whole spectrum, members of historical parties, legionnaires, civil servants during the Antonescu government, and so on, in the same time ticking off almost all the architects of the penal code of that time. In terms of research methodology, I also wanted to find out from Vladmitri Chupe how he set about examining the original documents included in the volume. What, if any, were his criteria by means of which he selected the documents revealing the dire condition Ion Kapshunanu was in in the early 1950s. You are listening to Radio Romania International. When we focus on the era of communist repression, the main resource is represented by the archive of former Securitate, which today is administered by CNS. AS. Of course, anyone, I might say, given uh, that not only professional historians research these documents, is nowadays aware that special glasses are needed in order to discern the truth in the flood of documents drawn up by the former repressive apparatus, and I'm not just talking about the Securitate. I justify this statement with a couple of basic examples. First of all, in these documents, we will never find any reference to the use of all kinds of pressure, including torture, during criminal investigations. Secondly, we know that many people admitted almost everything during those investigations, everything that the investigators wanted from them, precisely because of the pressure exerted upon them. Therefore, this type of information must be compared with other sources using other paths, reading, read, concentrational memorial literature or other studies and, and analyses, identifying the descendants and appealing to their memory, researching other archives. In Ion Capșunanu's case, I did the same thing, managing to identify two descendants who provided me not only with their memoirs, but only with documents from the family archives, uncovering relevant information also in the county or central national historical archives. Thus, by corroborating the information, 
I was able to clarify most of the important aspects related to the architect's political and criminal issues, giving a certain flow and clarity to the approach. At the same time, however, there were certain limitations which, at least for the time being, could not be overcome. The volume is pretty well packed as regards official legal documents of the time. Among other things, I asked Vlad Dmitrik Chupe if he made an attempt to build a portrait of architect Jon Kapšunanu in a bid to reconstruct the man against the backdrop of the age that is the early 1950s in communist Romania. Here is Vlad Dmitrik Chupe once again with the details. I have the feeling, and I am very curious how the readers will react, that the portrait of Ion Capșuneanu was almost self-made based on documents covering a long period using multiple sources benefiting from the architect's own statements or even some late pages of memories. At the same time, upon careful reading and analysis, one can observe the particularities and nuances of the times, both during the years of Antonescu's government and the next period, the consolidation of communist power, after 1948, along with the total seizure and imposition. Likewise, one notices the oscillations of the regime, even during the first decade or so, which alternated brutal moments with somewhat softer ones, both in terms of investigations and convictions, the prison regime of life, in so-called freedom outside the prison walls. Ion Capșuneanu represents a typical case of an intellectual and architectural professional thrown in jail, subjected to solitary confinement and in penitentiaries and forced labor in Danube Black Sea Canal colonies. After his release, he managed to reintegrate professionally, not before a period of convalescence, of course, but he was kept at a very low level, far from what he showed us he was capable of in the years before communism, working at an agrozootechnical design institute. This is uh, relatively surprising, at least for the years after 1965, given that his post-release investigations did not pose any problems for the Securitate, or that he also benefited from a certain legal rehabilitation at the end of the seventh decade. In conclusion, I believe that the documents selected and published in this volume provide a very interesting portrait of the architect, both from a personal, family, criminal, concentration or professional point of view, all in the context of those troubled times. The information included in the documents is dense, its political implications are manifold. I asked Vladimitri Chupe if there were any lessons to be learned from how people acted in the 1940s and the 1950s in Romania. What do the younger generations need to know about the 1950s, apart from the fact that, at any time, communism equals terror? Indeed, there are many political implications, not only in those years, but unfortunately even in our times especially in the context of a certain memorial competition between the crimes of communism and the Holocaust, pointing out here for our listeners that Ion Capșuneanu was convicted of crimes against humanity, but also of political correctness, including self-censorship, that is increasingly present nowadays. 
Without giving too many detail, I will only point out that he was investigated in 1945 by the People's Court, Tribunalul Poporului in Bucharest, being presumed innocent, being practically exonerated without facing a full trial. A few years later, although he managed to build up a very substantial defense and the charges were based solely on witness statements, which did nothing more than support the views expressed in 1945, he was in the end sentenced to six years in prison. Members of the Jewish community testified on his behalf and his own fiancée at the time of the alleged offenses and wife at the time of his conviction was also Jewish. This week's guest in New Names on the Cover was architect Vladimitrik Chupe, the editor of a volume that has recently been brought out by Vrema Publishers, titled Architect Yonkab Shunanu, Accomplishment and Predicament. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International... Simply Folk. Welcome to Simply Folk. I'm Ehujen Nasta. You are invited to listen to a very popular song from Dan Moisescu's repertoire. Foaie verdea bobului Lume drumul giurgiului Dar mai lungi al dorului Al giurgiului se sfârșește Al dorului se lungește. Dacă văzui și văzui, Fă cu inart și tăbărâi la marginea Arbaza 
And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1700 hours UTC on 9760 kHz in the DRM system and on 11850 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1100 hours UTC on 15320 and 17670 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro. Goodbye. <laughs>